0: Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Fires a pass and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On three seven The Ticket in theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging.
1: Good morning again on a Sunday. This is Inside the Huddle. Jay Foreman brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Great place to start and end for all your pain needs and to get a good game plan for your future uh, dealings with anything you have to do uh, with your body. Plus, they do some pretty cool stuff um, with uh, helping with concussions and migraines and also... um, plantar fasciitis is huge Harrison and uh, every everybody it's not just it's well it's a I would say it was a for us or for me when I played it was a uh injury that was I think new on the scene and maybe not diagnosed as much but so guys mm-hmm. had to play through it you know the good old like uh you know back in the day they said uh they didn't get we we didn't get water we just got this you know a couple ice cubes and we were tougher uh they do some really uh innovative things to uh relieve pain and uh plantar fascia, uh, fasciitis which i uh have myself as well but obviously there, you know what it, it, harrison you know the thing is when we first started we kind of had to really search and have stuff going on i got like a you know the notes on your phone yeah i got like 20 things and we don't have enough time
0: yeah i was curious where you want to start because well, uh first there's- of all
1: we're going to jump right into this um and not get it over with, but you know, obviously, we got a lot of things to to cover. Big 10, uh, obviously, numerous Husker news. Today is fan day, so it is the official. These guys are, you know, the fans should be, uh, it's kind of like, uh, for fan day, uh, Harrison is like, I don't know if you ever watched like, like Gladiator or any of those type of, or like, you know, like the Romans when they would go off to like war or whatever, and like the whole, like, Town or castle or village would be clapping for him, yeah, sending right. them off. That's what fan day is.
0: <laughs> it literally is. It does feel it like is. that. It, it is.
1: is not not that that not you know like real war is real war, but I'm talking about the analogy. That's literally what it is.
0: Yeah, you see Lincoln lining up on the roads. It's kind of what well, is Lincoln lining
1: man. up? They're gonna come see. You're gonna mm-hmm. get the all warm and fuzzy, and then once it's over and you're walking, the switch has to turn to, you know we are trying to develop some sort of team warlike like uh, mentality because uh, it started to be with the, with the practice tomorrow. But we're going to jump right into it first and foremost. Uh, you know, big congratulations, big ups to uh, Bud Crawford, Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, you, you do have respect on your name um, for the dominating performance last night uh, against Earl Spence. Um, I will tell you this, it was... Disappointing in the sense of I tweeted out Earl Spence should be embarrassed. Number one because in and, and, and the thing is well here's what people don't understand is like when you say this, this has nothing to do with Bud. Bud the the way Bud fights and the way he was prepared, mm-hmm. the you know I always talk about the look of the eye of the tiger. He had it. Now Earl Spence is a always for all you people that he's a he's all he's from Texas. He's a slow talker. They would call, I call it a slow tongue. That's just the way he is. But he should be embarrassed in the sense of you showed up unprepared and you fought like that. Right? Yeah. yeah
0: it, it wasn't a, if for all those who got to watch it, it wasn't it, very close. It was pretty, it was, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I, I, some people, even if you favored Crawford, I don't think you saw him dominating that, like that.
1: Yeah. Bud was like, you know, the, the thing that, Spence was talking about people were like he was bigger than but now walking around he is now he now I will say he had to cut some weight a lot of weight mm-hmm. so it was it's a more taxing it'd be like me and you right and we get it a, at a catch weight you know I'm 250 and if you got to get up to you know I don't know how much you weigh you only got to get gained 10 pounds and I got to drop 30 it is different yeah right and you have to have a really good trainer and a nutritionist, nutritionist in order to do so and also for Spence, if he was if he's naturally walking around at a heavier weight, he has to prepare for this fight. Just say two months before Bud. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's not just like okay, let's just go to camp and then we just shed it over six weeks. This is a 15 week periodic leading up to it. But anyways, as far as the boxing goes, it was it was. Um, I mean, it, it was disappointing. For the way that Spence performed. Mm-hmm. And then it was extremely exciting in, like, again, putting Nebraska on the map and more importantly, put Bud into the history books. And I'll say this as far as uh, two things with that. And then when I also move into a lot of things and we'll kind of go what we're going to go over is um, the reason why it was disappointing because of Earl Spence's lack of fundamentals. You know, I've, Grew up watching boxing and did little golden gloves, but his lack of fundamental. That mean I mean, Earl Spence is a guy that's kind of been a golden boy and been very, down, you know, through his career, yeah, he's been undefeated, up undefeated, until now. and even in the amateur ranks, just coming up. Mm-hmm. Dude, you look like a. I mean, he would have been better off having one of us in there. Now again, but then when you look at Bud, this is where it puts Bud. And I wasn't this. What was, and I don't tweet out of like. Emotion, or like, okay, this is it. This is where, but and this is the this is the analogy that I like to try to bring it back to football. Nineteen ninety-five, right? Nebraska was thought, okay, they we like we got a like a given national championship after you know we beat Miami, but it was ugly, right? Mm-hmm. And people have kind of been always doubting Nebraska and beating them down. Nebraska has been underwhelming at times in big games. Now Bud hadn't been like that, but it was ninety-five, first time mm-hmm. one against one. The first time in a long time or maybe ever, right? Mm-hmm. You had Nebraska, 95, against Florida, right? Florida was the – if you go back and listen, Florida was the favorite. How could Nebraska handle Florida? Florida is this. Florida is that. And then you get out there, and now and Nebraska is, is the, the the greatest of all time against Florida, mm-hmm. who's a paper champ, and that's what it looked like last night. And that's the difference. Where Bud's going right now. And the reason why I say, you know, when you think about Floyd Mayweather and that, and see, and this is the word about boxing is gone. The one thing Floyd Mayweather has like kind of taught these boxers is how to make the most money and, and be strategic about mm-hmm. it. Right. Obviously, Earl Spence Jr. Like his strategy was very wrong. He's like yeah. You need to fight Bud when he's like 40 something. Yeah. That you're right. And whereas Bud loves to fight. And he, he wants to fight the best. I think Bud would be – now. I wouldn't say it'd be okay, but if he went in there and say he fought Davis or somebody and say he lost, he wants to fight him again because he'll want to go back and do it. So now where Bud's at when you compare it to the the greatest great, greats of all time is that Bud hasn't ducked anybody. See, that's the difference to me, mm-hmm. right? He fought Spence at his prime, and then if he fights Davis and beats Davis at his prime, like you're talking about the greatest – least definitely in his weight class and then overall uh i don't think you have to be undefeated to be the greatest of all time he's getting into that conversation it like in in the conversation constantly yeah um and so i think that's great and uh obviously last night was a cherry on top and um you know they had a big UFC fight. Did you see that knockout with that kick to the head? See, I don't, Yeah, I,
0: I saw the I saw the clip in there, but yeah. I didn't actually watch the whole pay per view. Boy, he
1: molly and knocked him out. And then <laughs> uh, so that was like the revenge fight for uh, Gaith, and uh, it was the second in there. I don't know if they're going to fight again because they're talking about that guy. He's going to fight either Conor McGregor or somebody else. Well, did uh, you
0: see uh, that Errol Spence? He's already claiming his rematch clause, so there'll be there'll be a second. Well, you,
1: well, first of all, <clears throat> money wise, you should. And if you really didn't fight good to you up to your and that does happen, like mm-hmm. you just kind of just dookie you know, dookie down your leg, right? Yeah. your. I mean, it does happen. I mean, it happens all the time.
0: Oh yeah, I, you, you see it all the time in the UFC. That first minute, someone gets knocked out that you're not expecting, right? You or get, you, or you just through. or you just don't perform
1: yeah. well. You've seen golfers
0: doing it. You've seen Nebraska do it. Which You've is seen, fair. We didn't see the best of Errol Spence. That, yeah, that I mean, was...
1: take the look. At the end of the day, Bud would tell you that's not the best. That's yeah. not Earl Spence that he expected to fight. Earl Spence would tell you that he didn't fight his best fight, mm-hmm. and the rematch clause is in there. And he, why wouldn't you exercise it if for for nothing else that you believe that you could put on a better performance? Mm-hmm. Number one, and number two, that's the biggest fight that you're going to get or er, right now for the situation. To make a lot of money. Well,
0: and if he wins that one,
1: then there's a third.
0: Then there's the third. Yeah, which would be, and then, be which, a super, which, super, fight.
1: super fight. That yeah. would be in this day and time the best fight of all time cuz they're still in their prime and they still want to fight each other. But mm-hmm. uh moving on, Harrison, we're going to try to get all this done. Um you know, uh as camp starts, we're going to talk a little bit about fan days. We're going to talk about I'm going to have we're going to talk about uh rules, rules. Are they tough or just the new standard, right? Uh could you do an article about that? Um Again, we're going to talk about uh, moving into the dorms and what does it mean and what's the purpose behind it. And then, obviously, we're going to address the uh, Bob uh, Wager situation and how does it affect the team. Um, both, and not just the players, but the coaching staff, um, I, I would say within the ne- the next recruiting cycle, cycles, the next two, I think it could have some effect. Um, I think, But I think they're, they're insulated in the, in the sense of that they have – enough around them mm-hmm. uh that'd be good and then um uh, i think in the last segment we're, we're going to talk about the uh we we we'll talk about the running back news and talk about jonathan taylor and ursay and what it really means and that's be like right before we sign off because i think it's interesting uh what ursay said what he said and what he really means and uh and that's just from you know experience and stuff but uh you know i think that. uh I went the Big Ten media days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of work, man. It was you know you're up early and b- bed late, you know, and then you're up early bed late. Um, and I wanted it, it was interesting because of the Northwestern situation,
0: Well, the Minnesota situation Mi- too, and
1: Michigan situation. Michigan situation came out like the week of mm-hmm. or a week before, uh, or a couple of days before, and then the Minnesota situation literally.
0: the first day,
1: uh, first day I was I was or we were talking to Daryl Thompson, who's a former, mm-hmm. I knew, I've knew i been knowing Daryl since I've been in middle school. Yeah, you former know, Gopher, right? Former Gopher. He does their radio and play-by-play. And, play. and then Barry Alvarez was there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they knew it or whatever um, or anything like that. It, it didn't really, when I, I was trying to uh, get some more inside intel off air from Daryl the next day, but it literally like broke like as we were talking because I started getting texts as we went you know when we were on a break um so that was very interesting and and obviously everybody wanted to see how northwestern was going to handle it they originally were going to have three players come Mm -hmm. they decided just to send their their interim coach i will say this i felt like for the situation he handled it the best that he could he was up there look he just got there in february so he has no experience with this stuff so he's just and it's a good opportunity for him to be a head coach you know um he gave an opening statement. He didn't dance around the situation. Um, he highlighted the players that were going to come. He highlighted what the players, you know, in general, what he felt about the team. And he set a standard of while he was coached what was going to happen and just talked about the excitement that he has, you know, going into the season. That's all he could do. He did a couple little interviews, and he was out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the flight from Chicago to Indianapolis probably was, I don't know, 28 minutes flight time. Yeah. I think he spent more time driving from the airport to Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil back to the airport, than he was there. But it was needed. Um, so I want to give respect to him for handling that. And then as far as the Minnesota thing goes, um, which is interesting because – It's like the third or fourth time this professor has kind of floated this idea out there, and he's kind of maybe added a little something every year because he's just waiting for a guy. You know what I think this professor is doing? He has has a deep-rooted personal issue with the athletic program or, you know what I mean, in general, and particularly the football team. And every guy that's went in the transfer portal is definitely, you know, uh, contacted by him. And he kind of releases stuff every year to um, various media outlets. And it gets, it's going to get traction. It's going to get a ton of traction based on the Northwestern uh, situation. I guarantee you there'll be some more here uh, in some form or fashion within the next football season cycle as well, just based on the Northwestern situation. Um, but P.J. Fleck, I will tell you this, he was there early. Well, first of all, I saw him uh, the night before at Elmo's. Got to talk to him a little bit. Now, I will say this: I I talked to him last year in Big Ten Media's days. Met with him a couple times in the off season about something. Um, saw him again at Elmo's. Um, he was a little bit for I guess uptight, you know, which yeah. he should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look who mm-hmm. want I mean, you're there to highlight the players that you brought with you. And here you go, you got, and he really feels that this, this situation is is unmerited and stuff. So that that was a little different. But I would tell you what, the next day, he was there bright and early, because I just got. I got. I was sat there and got to watch him. Right. Right. It, nothing changed. He sought out Adam Rittenberg, which obviously broke the Northwestern. Sat down and gave him one on one. Did all his stuff. Uh, you know local stuff in, in media row. Um, didn't do ours cause he was definitely, um, uh, the one-on-ones that he had probably more obligation to mm-hmm. Minnesota station was well, extremely long. You know what I mean? He went on big 10. he went to see, I mean, it was, he probably had some stuff he had to take care of. Um, and then went up on stage and addressed it all. And in, yeah. and, and it, I think for him versus the Northwestern situation, which is totally two different situations. The athletic director set the tone. He came out and gave 100% a vote of confidence for P.J. Fleck and said this stuff is unmerited. So then it gave P.J. Fleck more power and the confidence to go out and address it. But he felt like he was – they're doing the right things anyways. And, and you know, the one thing I liked about what he said, and this is the thing that Matt Rule will say, um, I'm sure you'll hear some things about – Matt Rule at time, at some point in his coaching tenure, will have to say the same thing. PJ Flex is at Minnesota, and in, in the way that he does things, or way that the standard that they have is is not for everybody, right? I'm sure Matt Rule will say his, you know, standard and holding guys accountable and whatever it is, just isn't for every, isn't going to be for everybody, right? maybe the way that they type maybe the way they practice is the way for everybody and p j flex is not for everybody not not everybody's gonna have a good experience i won three national championships was here during the you know the highlight of nebraska's football um you know history and there's guys that didn't have uh you know it wasn't for everybody there's mm-hmm. some great players that wasn't for everybody uh that came here on recruiting trips and 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 you know we had to tell them what the things that we we're doing Georgia's not for everybody. Um you know, Alabama's not for everybody. You know, that's the way it is. We 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 had a couple guys that come up here from Alabama. It wasn't for them. You know, that's the way it is. And um so <clears throat> and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing anything wrong or it's a cult or anything like that, but I think it's uh one of those things that uh that that people are trying a little bit too hard to draw like a baseline hazing cult.
0: The cool thing is yeah. what threw me off because that that word was getting thrown a lot around a lot early well, that on.
1: Was, well, that was from yeah, uh, the professor, and and I will say this: PJ Fleck, the way he does things, is a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I like nothing like that's nothing that's like yeah, to call it. Yeah, it's called cult. Yeah, cult.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. like the whole like, and he tried to say, okay, well, when he walks in, you do the the clap thing. Well, I've been places where you clap to start the meeting kind of get your attention and then you clap when you know that especially you know like two times when it's done. it's mm-hmm. just kind of like a team thing, and that's the way it was. I think I actually you know to be honest with you, I think there's like video of it where p j. Fleck does it and stuff like that, and you know maybe it's just it's just part of his, <clears throat> part of his deal um
0: Get their attention. Like, get their are you guys attention. folks. Right. Like, yeah, I'm about to talk. Are you guys yeah. locked in on me. Yeah, locked like in. that's kind of how I read it. I'm like, right. that's nothing weird there.
1: Right. And it's the way it is. And, uh, you know, college football, um, big personalities sometimes set you up for big, uh, you know, judgments. And uh, that's the way it is. And then, you know, the other situation with Michigan, mm-hmm. with Jim Harbaugh, I thought was really unique because in comparison to Tennessee, What they did or what happened in Michigan versus Tennessee is probably, you know, was it one level one violation and and they moved it down to a two. Tennessee, I think, had like in the teens or maybe even 20 level ones and obviously 200 other, you know, 180 other violations. They got an $8 million fine and maybe lost some scholarships, whereas now Michigan's head coach is going to be suspended for four games. And the suspension is stupid. You can coach all week. you can address the team on Saturday or on Friday. you just can't go to the games. That's the dumbest thing ever. So you're just like, okay, well, you can't go to the games like and you're playing against a bunch of scrubs, you're not doing anything. It's not like you're suspended without pay, yeah because you're working um supposedly it's four games. they're still kind of quote unquote working on it. um they'll release it probably by Friday uh, this week, you know, kind of you know bury it in the new cycle. Um, but it was different. It was interesting how Jim Harbaugh addressed it versus PJ Fleck. Now it's two different things. Harbaugh erred on the thing is like, I can't speak about it right now. Um, he wouldn't have, you know, um, but you know, the, probably the most interesting thing, uh, that, that came out of it was when you talk to the players about it, Blake Corm, Chris Jenkins that came over and talked to us. They're motivated by it. They really they, they really believe in Harbaugh. They really love Jim Harbaugh. It it almost is they're gonna be hyper focused. Mm-hmm. Essentially that, you know, sometimes when you beat Ohio State twice, um, double down on what people perceived as being luck, and then beat them down um like they did last year, you could lose your edge. Like we've arrived, right? We've been to college football playoffs you could lie to yourself and say the TCU loss was luck nine times or nine times out of 10, Michigan probably would win that game. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll just kind of just, we just got to show up and, and we'll get back there again. Right. We can beat Ohio state. We just gotta be physical and lose your edge, that little edge or, and, or that big edge or inspiration you need to get to the mountaintop or over the hump. This could be it right here. This could be what they're trying to do. Um, to be their rally and cry, you know, for it to lead them to another Big Ten championship and to the college football playoffs. And, you know, they're thinking national championship now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're thinking, you know, not less, you know, people are like, oh, can you win one game in the, you know, in the, you know, the final four college football playoffs? They're thinking, we got to win two. That's what those players are talking about. That's what they're training for. It's yep. almost like they are not moving past Ohio State. Because every day I think that until they beat Ohio State, they were saying they trained for, their, like, to be better than Ohio State because that's the standard, right? I got the sense that they've moved on past that.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, why wouldn't you trust the process? Right, you, You're getting closer and closer. Right, so And then now, you just lost to a TCU team, which that one, I mean, I'd imagine that puts a chip on your shoulder too, just kind of right. how that played out. I mean, that was a disaster. Yeah, and you guys beat Ohio State, and Ohio State actually pushed Georgia. Right. Well, Ohio State had Georgia beat mm-hmm. until
1: I f- I feel that there was a cheap shot on Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, in the end zone, and the kicker missed the field goal, and it was bad clock management by Ryan Day. What happened? Georgia the- didn't beat Ohio State. Ohio State beat themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was bad clock management. Missed the easy field goal that he's made. He's a great he's a great kicker all year and a cheap shot that didn't get called for targeting in the end zone, which would have changed the whole landscape of it. That safety has gone. And if you didn't do it anyways, Marvin Harrison is still in the game and they would, they were flat out unstoppable. It's a, I mean, it's, it was very uh, interesting to see how they walked around. Um, I know we're up against the clock, but I'm going to tell you what, uh, coming out of the break reluctantly, I'm going to tell you about two teams that were actually impressive. And I, hate to say it but they were
0: (laughs) okay i know one's iowa
1: yeah extremely impressive i I couldn't i just can't believe that i'm gonna have to say these two (laughs) teams were very impressive um both in how they uh, arrived but how they carried themselves and also how talking to the coach or coaches off air where they are um and, uh, you know, and then I'll say where well, Nebraska ranks. Does it, you know, does it change? You know, I'm going to ask you, Harrison. I want you to think about this in the break. After Big Ten media days, I know it's just Big Ten media and just getting there and uh, hyping up your program. Does it change your, uh, your record or what you think they're going to end up as, you know? Um, Might have changed mine, but we'll see. We're going to go to break. This is Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. After a quick break, we'll be right back.